This is who I am. I'm Hispanic and I'm proud of it. And yes, I'm going to an all English church, but Mana Pacheco is going to shout when God tells her to shout. You know, and back then the church had been going through a situation where people were not shouters, they had kind of lost their shout. So when I got there, I was like intimidated. But I said, no, I'm not going to be somebody different. I'm going to be who I am. So I started shouting. When I would shout, I would shout. You know, and I always prayed and I said, Lord, I don't want to do it to grab a No, 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 no. That's not about what it's about. It has to come from within. The Holy Spirit leads you and you shout when He calls you to shout. So then, my son in law says, Sister Mitchell, I think you're a little bit too loud. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, I'm not going to listen to him. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> but, you know. So I decided to sit towards the back. I'm always second, third row, front line. So I started sitting towards the back, against the wall. So when I felt the shot, I would turn against the wall Aww. and shout Aww. to the wall. <laughs> but then, God started dealing with me. <clears throat> we had the ministry. So I went to sit behind the deaf, so I could shout, <laughs> and I wouldn't bother them. <laughs> so everybody started laughing, you know, they would tell me. But there were people, elders in the church, and, and I say this humbly, brother. They would come and they would say, I love the way you pray. I love your shout. And brother, now we have a shouting church. To God be the glory. You know, my grandkids, 21 and 16, he's going to be 16, they're starting to be shouters. And they're so winners for the moment. You know, when we got to Paradise, you know, their attire for the young people was kind of slack. I was like, but the elders and the moms started seeing my grandkids because they still, my son-in-law, clean-cut haircut. None of this crazy hairdos. So my boys were very clean-cut. And they stood out like a sore thumb because they're Hispanic, right? In a predominantly English church. So the moms kept asking for Timothy, can he come out to the house? Can he and CJ with the older young people? So now when they have, they had a, a local in-house retreat for young people. Timothy took two of his friends from school, 16-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-old. And he brought two friends, and they both got Holy Ghost and wow. baptized. Amen. And CJ, the same thing. And CJ now, he's a drummer, and he goes and helps churches when they need him, you know, to play drums. He's always faithful to ours. On occasion, he'll ask permission. Like, there's a Spanish church right now. They lost their drummer and their bass. So the son is the only one that plays keyboard. And he's good friends with CJ. So I didn't see him last Sunday. I said, CJ, where were you? He says, oh, Brother Mozart asked me if I could go. I asked permission. They said it was fine. So I love that heart. He's a serving. Mm -hmm. He couldn't stay. No, I want to stay in that nice, <laughs> awesome church. But his heart is, let's help them. 
small churches. So I encourage you guys, you know, we as a puppet team, brothers saw our puppet team, we started with a puppet team of five. And when we left the Spanish work, we left the team, puppet team of 30. We were taken to, we went to Panama. We, uh, we went to uh, Puerto Rico to do the kids camp in Puerto Rico. They had never had someone like a team. And we were only five that were able to go because Puerto Rico couldn't pay for all 30 of them. Mm -hmm. So we did five days uh, in Puerto Rico. And it was an experience because their campground, first day they took us to a nice hotel and they oversaw the ocean. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Then we went to the army cots where the wires hit German. <laughs> and then the water ran out. And we had an all-night uh, uh, bonfire and Holy Ghost night. And yeah. we took all this stuff, shaving cream and stuff, to have fun. When we got to the dorms, they said, there's no water. We couldn't bathe. Oh, so we went to bed all full of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Sweaty too. And then with the wires hitting your, and then no AC, all the kids would take their fan and duct tape it to their <laughs> side of their bed, and you can hear, you know, all the all noise and like that. <laughs> but oh, it was amazing. So I tell people, it's what vision you have on your team for puppetry. Because this is this was our third team that we had built up, and our I trained my kids to have a burden and to envision that it's a ministry. It's not entertainment. It's ministry. And <coughs> you are the preachers. They are going to be using the puppet to be your your mic, and whatever you pray. You know, it's what's going to transmit our anointing puppet. So our puppet ministry has, you know, we won nationals. The first Hispanic team to win nationals. Mm -hmm. And in 10 years, they had not given the platinum award. And that year when we were going to do that competition, you know, I never went and asked the pastor for money. The team always had a burden that we were going to do our own, you know, build up our own. So we wanted to do an amazing presentation. So we needed costumes for the puppets and everything. And I'm like, okay, what are we going to use? And I went to this store, real cheap store called Fayas Paredes. I don't know if they ever had one here. So I went and I find the suits. They were jogging suits for the puppet. Uh -huh. And they were really cool. And they were for a dollar. Mm. I said, Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> you know, so I bought the, the, the outfits for our competition. And then when we compete, everybody was like, Whoa. you know. And I said, okay. My head started, I'll be honest, started getting mm -hmm. a little bit kidded. I was like, all right, I think we got this. <laughs> so then when at the end, they started nominating who were the, the lead, you know, the winners? Mm -hmm. So they said, okay, the bronze medal, we didn't win. I said, okay, we got it. Okay, silver. Then no, we didn't get silver. I said, okay, we got the gold, we got the gold. Then they nominated the gold winner, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> I said, okay. The kids were like, 
That was good, kids. The guy comes up, MC, he goes, we are so proud to announce this year we are going to give an award that we have not given in 10 years with uh, One Way Street. Mm -hmm. And the winners of the Platinum Award are Obra de Sus Manos, our team. Yeah. But get this, when I bought those little outfits for a dollar, on the front of it, it said platinum. Platinum team. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so before we got it, before you when I it. bought that, and I told the kid, what does it say on platinum? platinum? And the kids were like, you know what, guys? It felt kind of uh, when we didn't get gold, right? So God showed us we need to be home. Back then, Toby Mac had a song called Steal My Show. Mm -hmm. So that was our theme song. From then Steal on, every time we would prepare for something at the end of our prayer meeting, because when we come together as a team, a successful puppet ministry, and I want to send Brother Mo, I put guidelines, I put, uh, we, we um, recruit kids twice a year. January and June. Mm -hmm. So when we recruit, we start with 12-year-olds, uh, 12 on the Okay, so we sit down. I have a personal uh, um, interview with child and parents. So the child and parents can know the parent needs to know what my requirements are, mm -hmm. what my expectations of their kid mm -hmm. in my ministry. And it's not a fun time. We, yes, we can have fun, but we're there to practice, we're there to, but you find ways of making practice fun, mm -hmm. like teaching them the technique of how to play volleyball with the with a puppet <laughs> and a balloon, you know, and you teach, there's different strategies you can use, <coughs> so you make it fun, <coughs> you know, mm -hmm. and I always teach the kids, okay, we're going to practice, we're going to pray, mm -hmm. when we decide for a song, I'm never uh, my way or the highway. Right. I've done puppet ministry over 30 years. Ask me how many times I've done a puppet. Never. I'm just the drill sergeant, keeping everybody in line. <laughs> We're going to do this. And it's never my ideas. My heartbeat is pulling the ideas from you. Because sometimes you have ideas that are very amazing. Mm -hmm. But if I don't allow you to give out your ideas, mm -hmm. you know, you're never going to grow. And it makes you feel good. I remember one time we were voting on a T-shirt design. And I told the kids, okay, everybody, we're going to have a T-shirt design meeting. Bring a paper, let's everybody design. Find you a place. Don't sit next to someone because you get discouraged. You're like, oh, this is better. No. Separate them. Get their creative. Let's pray. God creating us, you know, and they decide. So then, anonymously, we put them on the board. We give a paper, anonymously, vote. Because sometimes, oh, I want his to win. Mm -hmm. Everybody vote for him, right? At the end, brother, that paint, that drawing, that one, was a little girl that was so shy. And when she found out it was her T-shirt design, you can see the self-esteem in that little kid 
we had a special needs member, mm-hmm. okay, that we had a little girl that she would tell, okay, raise the paper, raise the prop. And that was her job, to train him when to, his father was not converted because his son was now part of the puppet and his father came to love. And a special needs child was part of the puppet team. And the little girl didn't feel bad that, oh, I don't get to do this because I have to help him. Because she was, her heart was to help him, mm-hmm. you know. And that's when you train your children to have a burden for ministry. When we would do a song, it was like, okay, we're going to choose a song which we're going to do. Everybody brings two songs that you think would be awesome. Okay, let's listen a little bit to everyone. Okay, let's vote. What song we're going to do? Okay, the two songs that we're going to do were chosen. Okay, now we have the two songs. Now, let's do the choreography. Let's listen and let's chit-chat. We put a bottle in the front. Okay, whoever wants to give your opinion, take the bottle. you got two minutes to share your opinion. Put it back. Okay, everybody, and I teach everybody, your opinion is not a dumb opinion. Mm. Sometimes you're, oh, I don't want to say it because it's be dumb. No. Mm. The dumb idea is the one that's never spoken. Amen. So you empower your kids that when you do the event, it's like, it, in other words, when you have your ministry, you want the kids to feel it's their ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you only do it your way, you're never going to decide to that the team. So that's my heartbeat is bringing out the talents of every child. Mm-hmm. And we never, we always say it's your ministry. We started out with OSF Obra de Sus Manos, Workmanship of His Hands mm-hmm. Ministry, Puppet Ministry. Then we removed the puppet word out of it, so OSF Ministries because we taught him how to do ballooning, a little dog. Now, this to this day, two of the team members have their own business in ballooning. <laughs> and they do all these elaborate. And they learn by Vicky teaching them how to do a balloon dog or sword. And now they're married, they have their own business, you know, and it is just, you know, training them. We have a miming team from Puppet Ministry. So that's what now we work, Puppet Ministries. Ministries. Ministries, because, and they invited us to do the Southwest, uh, no, South Central uh, Conference one time. The English uh, ministry called out to us, can you come do a training? I thought we were gonna be one of the presenters. When I find out, we're the ones that are gonna be teaching the whole conference <laughs> and it's like kids and they're like sister they want us to do and to me it was I was taken away because we were Hispanic group and in the South Central they had heard about us but they really didn't know what all we did uh-huh. but I was like kids if the Lord opened this door okay Fidel you're going to train on this. Brianna, you're going to teach on this. And I need you guys 
it, they had given us like a two-month notice. By the, you give limit, you give deadlines. Mm -hmm. Frankie, I need you to do your outline and give it to me because I want to look at it. Because if we're asking for a, a fee to come in, you need to give them handouts. You need to give them material. So little Frankie, everybody turned in their material and I gave them no cake. And they had to present to me how they were going to do it so I can fine tune it. No, no, you need to be more relaxed. You need to be more, you know, teach them. You know, you need to speak. You know, your voice needs to, you know, yeah. which you were really amazing <laughs> talking to the kids. You didn't show any nervousness, you know. And the kids can read you like a book. Okay. So Frankie didn't do his lesson. So I said, Frankie, how come you didn't turn in you? Oh, Sister Pacheco, I'll give it to you. I'll send it tonight. I'm in up. I'm in up. Okay. <laughs> I hold them to their word. Midnight came around. No outline. Wednesday service. Frankie, you haven't even called me to let me know. Sister Pacheco, I'll get it. I'll get it. Tomorrow, but promise. Saturday, I ran into his dad. Oh, my Pacheco, I'm so excited that you're giving Frank an opportunity. I said, Brother Bernadez, can I sit down with you for a moment? I said, look, Brother Bernadez, I am about to tell your son that he's not going to be a presenter. I said, I told him this, this. There's three deadlines he did not fulfill. So I'm sorry but I am going to give it to somebody else. I said, I love him to death, but he needs to learn that when I expect something from him, you know how I work. No, Sister Pacheco, you're in your, your right mind to do it. So I sat down with Frankie and said, Frankie, son, I love you to death, but, and he was one of my oldest ones. He wasn't no 12, you know, so he was, he needed to learn. So he learned, and he was a little heartbroken, but he learned his lesson because the next time we did a training, he was online. So you teach structure. You teach them your expectations. You sit down with them, and you have them talk to you and tell you, do you understand what you Okay, tell me, what do you think I need for me? And they all the parents for my trainings when we met I asked them okay what time do you think we need to meet oh, Saturdays okay what time oh, 10 to 12 okay sounds good is everybody okay <coughs> with the time yes okay so I would tell the parents I need them here by 10 in the morning and parents they're new 10 o'clock it's 10 if you get there at 10, you're already late because you should have been there at 10, okay? At 12, I need you to pick up your children. I had a mom three times. Sister Pacheco, I'm ready to be late, a little bit late. Oh, and I get there early because I want to make sure the door is open and I'm the last one to leave. So after the third time, I sat down with the mom and I said, Hermana, this is the last time that you bring your, you pick up your son. If you, one more time, 
he's going to have to sit for the rest of the semester. He can come to the trainings, but he's not going to participate until June the next time. So you teach the discipline <coughs> and the commitment, and I had the most committed team because they understood their role. And the parents would tell them, Ay, hermano, I, I think I, I'm more scared of you than the kids. Because the kids are like, Mom, you better hurry. So she's going to get mad. Because you teach them. You train them. You teach them. You train them. And you build leadership. And now, I've been out of that church we moved seven years ago. And all the team members, Brother Mom, that were in my puppet team are the leaders in the church. They're leading young people, they're leading this, they're doing this, and they're the ones that have been stable and a heart for, for souls. So, Brother Mo saying that y'all are wanting to start a puppet ministry, I'm excited, I'm excited for y'all. And let me tell you, that puppet will take you to places you never imagined. You know, we did a training one time and there were sub guys and they were like in the training, they were like, you could tell they didn't want to be there. You know, like it's, I work with young people. I worked in a school. I retired from working at an at-risk school with the cream of the crop kids. So I know their body language and they were like, this sister made us come to this. So I said, I know, I know. I can read you like a book. I know you don't want to be here. I said, do you like, would you love to go to Puerto Rico and have an all-paid vacation? I said, guess what? That puppet, that little monito that you think is, that's the one that took us for a whole week to Puerto Rico. That puppet took us to Panama. That, that puppet took us to New York. That puppet took us to Atlanta. That puppet took us... Now, those two guys are part of the Hispana team, and they're still doing puppets. <laughs> so, it's amazing. It's, it's an amazing, amazing... It's, it's misunderstood now with all the technology. And I was like, oh, it's just a puppet. But it's what you bring on. You can use audio, you can use technology, you can use visuals. Modernize. I mean, when we won our puppet team, you know, Vicky and you know, the other two choreographers, of, they even look at Michael Jackson. They did the moonwalk. Yeah. He did the moonwalk. You know, how does a puppet do a moonwalk? Because he doesn't have a body. What we did, took a piece of board with a handle. We filled up the pants of uh -huh. the, of the, with cloth, okay? And we, we hot glued the little shoes. So when the puppet was dancing, and then we brought down and we popped up the foot, and he was doing the spin. <laughs> and then popped up the puppet, the, the leg part, the, you know, the puppet with the, you, uh, you tie the, the legs to this and the puppet this way. We raised up the puppet, then we had two little sticks to the bottom of the shoe, and he was doing the moonwalk. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd went bonkers. And that's what made us our plan of award winner. <laughs> but just coming up with, with ideas, you know. We had a puppet uh, song that was called uh, Make Me Radical for Christ. 
and uh, we did the uh, Elvis Presley puppet, you know, and we had the three uh, all in black, and the puppet mani manipulated in the front uh -huh. of the audience, but you dress all in black so you can't see who's manipulating. The bell bottom pants that we got a wig and we make the, <laughs> you know, the, the twirl, girl. yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. And he played the guitar and he was jamming to the guitar. But the story was this little puppet that went to a big jukebox. Yeah. And he's looking at the songs and he pulls out of his pocket a coin and throws it in. And at that moment, the doors open from the bottom of the, all right, this is the creativity of the kids. The bottom of the jukebox opens and swallows the puppet uh -huh. and spits out the Elvis, Elvis puppet. And then we had a young man that dressed up like a cool saxophone player, a body, a, a, a real, real person. person. So the, when the saxophone part, he came out and he was doing all his number. And Elvis was, you know, my son-in-law, who's my um, critiquer, he goes, man, swing it up. You killed it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all bringing out the creativity of the kids. Yeah, I, I just tell them. And watching also for little boyfriend-girlfriend stuff going on. Oh, I'm pretending that I'm... That was my time. On top of the boys, boys you part worker. Hey, girls, you work over here. If I was in there, okay, together, we okay. When we went on trips, girls sit in the front, boys sit in the back. <laughs> we had two couples get married from our from puppet the puppets. Team. Two couples. Yeah, but no, it's an it's an amazing, amazing, amazing. And we in, you know, our puppet stage was a professional puppet stage, and that was. For 700 bucks and I was in about to tell the pastor the pastor give me 700 for a puppet stage but we did an outing during an, a hurricane that hit and uh, we did an event for a, a, a community and the, there was a guy there who saw us oh we were having such a trouble with a PVC pipe stage and we were all flustered and he goes sister he goes Y'all having a bad time with that puppet stage? I go, yes. We're praying for a professional stage. He goes, about how much are they? I go, about 700 bucks. They go, oh, Lord, you know. So, you know, that was said and done. At the end of the event, you know, Brother Sam, who was our leader, came and our assistant pastor came. He goes, Sister Pacheco, there's this gentleman that told me to give you this envelope. And he goes, I said, who was he? He goes, he was telling me, he said he'd been talking to you. I said, oh, okay, 500 bucks. 500 mm. bucks. So the rest of the money was love offerings that they gave us when we go do stuff for other churches. So we got our professional puppet stage. Great. So, you know, and I told the kids, it's what you put. And then one summer, we wanted to do we didn't get to do this because the pastor felt it wasn't the time. I don't question my pastor. You know, I submit to what he says. But we longed to go work like during the summer, like short mini mission trips uh -huh. to small works. That was our heart.
can we go to the small churches during the summer and go do a kids event? But I guess I don't know why he didn't feel it was the time, but that God knows. But to me, I think that would be amazing if you could go and help small work, do a kids church like you guys do with all your outreach. You know, that was always been in my heart, but it didn't happen. But God knows the timing and the place. But yeah, but that's why I, you know, I, I connected so well with Brother Mo because. I think we kind of have the same heartbeat, you know. So. Tell them about those little girls that needed, that had the headlights. <laughs> you know, you run into all kinds of children, you know, that have, when you pray with them, you know, you can get even headlights, you know. Let me tell you about the little girl when I took to the, to the ice cream by the airport. Mm -hmm. When I was started working at the school, you know, she, she went on to another classroom. Teachers lose the contact with that child. In my years of working at the school, they come and register a young girl. And I noticed it's Melina. And I go, Melina, I said, I haven't seen you in years. She was all gangster tagged and everything, you know. And I started reaching out to her again. To my sadness, she was in a drive-by shooting and they killed her. I went to her funeral and all her clique was there, you know, and I was like, I could not believe it. But when I went to go see her in her casket, I remembered the time at that ice cream that she was crying. She never got the Holy Ghost, but she had an encounter with God. You never know. I had another young man blew his brains out playing Russian roulette. He was going to be going back to the prison or jail because he broke his probation. And he was, you know, in the school and he was like, oh, we're going to party tonight, my last, my last free night. And that weekend, when I came back to school on Monday, they told me that he played Russian roulette with some guys drunk and getting high. And he, you know, and the, the kids, Miss Pacheco, Miss Pacheco, you need to go pray for him. You need to. So the principal said, Miss Pacheco, can you go pray for him? My principal asked me if I could go pray for him. When I went into the ICU of Bentop Hospital, when I opened the corridors, it was full of his gang. And you know what they were doing? They were crying. And what do they do? Miss, come pray for me, come pray for me. I looked at them. I said, you know what? I'll come pray for you, but I'm going to go pray for him first. And I told his family, I saw some of the guys from school. I said, you know, it's sad that... He, your buddies are saying pray for me instead of go pray for him. Y'all say where's y'all I want yeah. your back. I said, I don't see y'all watching his back because you want you to pray for you. Uh -huh. Instead of going pray for you. I'm gonna be honest, when I walked into that room in the intensive care, and I don't know how they let me go in, because I'm not no chaplain or anything. When I walked in, Brother Mo talking about my faith was like 
his head was about that big, the eye was hanging out. Wires and tubes everywhere, machines everywhere. I looked at him and I was like, where do I lay hands on this boy? And I found a little spot on his arm. And I honestly, this was my prayer, Lord, if there's any faith in me right now, you don't depend on me. Yeah. But God raised that boy up. They had to put a metal plate forever in a special needs room. But God allowed him to keep some of his brain and remember. He gave his life to the Lord. He was at Life Tabernacle with Brother Kilgore's church for a while. And then they moved up north. But that was my, my that school where I worked with gangster kids, girls, sixth grader with a baby. She laid on her baby and killed her baby. And she was the daughter of a backslidden Pentecostal. Her dad was a single dad. Oh my God, that man had issues. But, you know, dealing with so many kids, that was my mission field. We, I took kids to church. I took young girls to church. I paid for their entry to a little girls' conference, a young girls' conference. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. I didn't have money, but God always blessed. Right. You know, so reaching out souls is, is my heartbeat. You watch that little girl's hair? Yes. With the lights? <laughs> there was, I remember now, Brother Bob, I remember which one it was. I had just finished working for Exxon. I was making bulkus of money back then. Uh -huh. I even have a testimony of the check I used to get that even when I retired, I didn't make as enough money as I was making working for Exxon Chemical. And I gave in my job because I wanted to work ministry. Brother Rios, we had a new convert that uh, she had just given birth to a, baby, to a baby, but she had three kids, little ladder, and the baby. Brother Rio says, you need to go take care of that lady's house because uh, Child Protective Service was going to go. She was a new convert, okay? She was brand new. We went to her house. The little baby had little piojitos, little lights. Brother Rio says, go take care of that house. I took some ladies. That was my first job as a full-time ministry. All the little kids full of lies and even the baby. We had to bathe that, those kids they're walking, walking around but naked but with their little caps taking all their lies away even the baby. You know? They're just working with all these kind of kids. You know? And it's bus ministry. I know you guys have bus ministry here. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful. Oh gosh. So many, so many, so many stories. But I'm 67. They tell me, you're still young. I might be still young in age. But my body's like in this 80s of all the work we've done. My legs are not as good as they used to be. I stumble, my teeth, my eyes. But you know, God still uses us. They invited us to go do Ensenada, Ben Rodriguez, the one who spoke. We went to do VBS, 240 kids. 25 were from his church. So the other 200 were street kids. 
and we had like 16 young people, you know, Caucasian, they didn't know how to speak Spanish, but they went to Duke, and if they weren't for them, I don't know what we would have done. But when those guys saw me and my daughter come in, because we were the children's evangelist, and they saw this old lady, they, you could tell, it was like, she's going to be the, the evangelist for the kids. She stumbles. But you know what, sister? God did amazing. Because it's not in my strength. And that's the beautiful thing about it. So my prayer, we're going to Mexico twice, coming up, and I told the Lord, you open doors. You are the one that opening the door. So help me go back across them, because if I fall halfway, you're going to be not looking so good. <laughs> right? So, you know, I'm never afraid to, to take a job. But I do have to watch what I can do. I, I can pray with kids, but mostly now is sitting down with them. Because if I bend over for a while, I get disbalanced, you know, and my breath kind of runs out. But it's my heart and my spirit that, you know, when you pray with a child, you know. And sometimes, I don't know from where God gives me the strength to really pray for them. You know, but I can't do it as I was watching you, Brother Mo, and I was like, oh, he can still do this. And I can, because I used to run, I could jump. I could. One time I fell and I rolled over. The kids thought it was part of the, so I just kept on going. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I did, no, not the last time, but I did a kids' church. We were helping a new church that we birthed. And Brother Gurley said, can you go help that Sunday school? To build up. We did our first kids church and right before we were doing the kids church and we had dinner uh, it was a free backpack back to school so we had a lot and we didn't have teachers at all sister at all and we had like 25 kids okay I've done 400 kids three days in a row Go, 20 kids it's nothing Energy, so sister, yeah little. sister yeah and you know when I did that first kids' church, my shoe got stuck to the traction of the floor. I fell forward, banged my head on the side of the door, fell on my arm, I broke my arm. Right before the kids were getting get there, they told me, let's take you to the hospital. I said, no, just wrap it up. I did kids' church with a broken arm. Shouting, the kids like, so what happened to you, sister? Oh, I just, it just got hurt. It's okay, it's okay. When Pastor got finished from preaching and we finished, Pastor Elms came and says, Sister Pacheco, you should have been at the hospital. I said, Brother, I said, I can't leave because we had, we didn't have teachers. That church went through a division. It was a kind of, it was a kind of big church. But we had like 50 people. We didn't have any Sunday school teachers. We had two ladies helping me. They didn't have the Holy Ghost or baptized. But we had to use them because we didn't have anybody. I took one of them to, they asked me to do the keynote express, uh, keynote address at a teacher's conference. I told Sister Amma, you coming with me. Before we left, as closing, you know, they asked Vicky to go play. So the lady, the sister was like closing up and said, okay, you guys can leave. 
And I said, wait a minute. I said, I don't want to make out of order, but I have a, a Sunday school teacher that doesn't have the Holy Ghost, not baptized, and you all do, teachers, and we're here for training. So let's put to practice what we're teaching. Do y'all believe she can get the Holy Ghost? She got the Holy Ghost and got baptized. Amen. Amen. Right at that moment. Was I out of order? Perhaps. But did I care? No, because I got my soul filled with the Holy Ghost. But it taught the teachers, you need to be sensitive. You need to be sensitive. So, my food is cold, but that's okay. <laughs> we kept you talking, huh? I will never stop. I can never stop sharing with... And right now, I'm after the Spanish ministry because I saw Spanish ministry born before it was ever born in Texas, way back before there was a Spanish ministry, South Texas district. And ever since we've been through like four or five superintendents, Hispanics, and they've never had a Sunday school really, even national. There's nothing. You go to our Spanish ministry website, there's nothing in children. And our new leader this year, I won his wife to the Lord. And I told Sister Burnett, I need to talk to your husband because now that he's national leader, we need to put national attention for children. In the South Texas district, we have Brother Torres who preached this morning. I met with him and said, Brother Torres, we need to have Sunday school workshops, trainings, events for kids. About five years ago, they made me Spanish district director. And in all the district trainings for the year, we'd only have 125 in attendance. Houston alone has one church might have more than that. So I was always, I would always get upset. Why so little teachers come? So Brother Burnett asked me, when you're, can you be Sunday school director? I said, okay, but I'm gonna start changing the name for Sunday school director to children's ministry director. And I said, and this one day, half a day workshop, conference, that worked for me. We're going two, two days. That's when I brought this gentleman over here to be my evangelist for the first conference. And I had just met him. And to be honest, they didn't know much about him, so they were questioning me. We don't know who he is. What credentials? How do you know him? I said, look, I just know that's the one God brought to my heart. And if you're not going to let me be director, you want to manipulate, which not trying to be disrespectful, but I said, I'm going to work under God's direction. And I said, I want him to be my evangelist. So I called him. I said, Brother Mo, you need to practice your Spanish. <laughs> and, he, and the first time, he was a little nervous in the beginning. I could tell that I'm like, oh, God, help him, Jesus. But once he got a fire going, he was bringing Spanish, I don't know from where. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and from then on, oh, my God, he's been amazing. The second year, I brought him back. The second year, my evangelist was a kid that used to drive me nuts. Brother Burnett's brother, Robert, and he was living next to me. He had a spirit of fear. 
He was around like, he was senior in high school. He had just come from Panama. And Roberto had a spirit of fear nobody knew. So when he would come from school, and if his sister wasn't there, he would come hang out with me in my apartment. He said, can I hang out at your house? Yeah, Robert, I'll keep your secret. <laughs> and I wouldn't work, witness to him. Well, sister, I got a hold of his heart. He ended up getting married, moved back to Panama. And when he went to Panama, he was not doing so good. They invited us to go do a kid's crusade in Panama. So then I took time to find him, and I got a hold, I pulled his ears, and I said, Robert, you know, now, he he was in Chile, in the country of Chile, and he was teaching puppetry, wow. but I asked him to come be my evangelist the second year, I brought Brother Mo, but Robert, when he went to go speak, he says, oh, he was telling all the congregation, I used to give her such a headache, and I go, yes, he did, he, I don't have no hair, I got no teeth. Robert used to give me a headache, but now to see him, sister, that is, is very rewarding. So I did it for two years, and then when I, you know, I was now with Brother Gurley, that's where I am, I had to make copies, and, and Brother Burnett said, go to Brother Gurley's, he'll let you use this copier to make, because we were preparing for 300. Granted, for years, the history, 125, and I said no. I had pre-registered by then 325, and we still had a month to go. So Brother Gurley had just come from somewhere. He goes, hey, Sister Pacheco, how's it going with the... I said, Brother Gurley, I have 325 pre-registered. He goes, what? And we still have a month to go. And he was a superintendent. So when the day of the event came, we had about 500 in attendance. They were blown away. We did it for two years after that. I couldn't keep on because my mom had gotten very sick and I was the only source for her to take care. Vicky had to drop out of university to help me caregive my mom because I had to support them. But once my mom passed away, I told Vicky go full time back to school. And you know, and people to this day ask me, let's do another one, let's do another kids ministry. I said, you know, I'm too old, sister. I can be a consultant or help, but I don't think I could take the full load at my age by now. I, you know, I have to be honest. I know what I can do. My body can do. My heart wants to do so much more. Tell them how many people were there. We had about 500 kids, from 125 to about 500. Yeah. But working with kids, sister. We've done 400, we've done 500, you know, but it's always, you have to, I tell Brother Mo, I really, I really worry about you, Brother Mo, because I know you're a one-man band, at least I have Vicky, but when I go places, I, the, the, the responsibility that falls on us in making sure our children are safe nowadays with so many things happening. We went to, they had asked me to do Mexico, and I think I was a little bit too pushy, but it's because if I go to another country, I don't know who you are, and with child trafficking and all this, sister, you have to be so careful. When I go to a place, when they ask me to go, 
always ask, let me see your platform, let me see your doors, how far is the bathroom to this, how many people I need, because I need people that if they need to go to the bathroom, raise your hand, you're going to take them, you're going to bring them back and sit them down. Because I'm, you know, Brother Mo is, is leading everything. He can't be watching who's cleaning the bottom of the back. And that's where you as a team need to be sensitive. You know, you need to be sensitive of, okay, this kid is acting, you know, he's distracting. You know, we as front runners, we can't be like, oh, I see what they I tell my team with 400, we do squares. Four and five, six and seven, eight and nine, no, whatever, 10 and 11. I run the discipline from where I'm at. I have a way of peripheral vision, and my team already knows. If kids need to go to the bathroom, they raise their hand. So the team, I have four corners, I have four, and they watch, they're always watching who needs to go to the bathroom. Okay, get them up. And then we have another team leader that comes and brings them, takes them. I have a lady in registration who takes them, brings them back, brings them to this person, and this person brings them back to their square. And if I see some disruption, I'll be teaching, talking, and I'll go and I'll go. But when I grab him, I kind of give him the little squeeze. That little kid knows Sister Pacheco means I need to settle down. And that's it. Because if you say, or you break into, you're taking away from him giving you the lesson. It distracts. Like the two little kids that, were, that had the little thing, they were acting a little silly. You know, with, you know, it's good if you know, if you need two people that are going to do that, you know, kind of get them before and say, I'm going to need you to do this, but I need you to do, you know, don't be acting so, you know. If you touch it, they'll understand. Because when you just choose them and put them, they will, you know, sometimes they want the attention and they laugh, the rest of the kids, of course, they're gonna, you're feeding their fire. Okay, so you have to. And I noticed you had two young girls that were kind of on the corner. Get them to get more involved and watch, you know, helping the kids. You know, I saw your wife kind of taking them to the bathroom. Okay. Have a, uh, a way where you, okay, you're going to be today. This is your job. They need to go back and raise your hand. Bring them back. You know? And that's how you can, because with 400 Sister, I did it for 15 years. 15 years, and I worked, I never took a day off. I would get off from five to run to the church at six, but I would always open right at seven. And sometimes, can I leave my kids because I gotta serve? No, 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 I don't open doors until seven. Kids have to be, and in my church, if I had the whole team, I would take them at four. But when I go off, away from the church that I don't have my team, I take them at five. I don't do four. And sometimes moms will say, oh, he's going to be five. I'm sorry, if he's not five today, he can't come. <laughs> or sometimes moms will say, can my little one sit with, my bro with his mm -hmm. older brother? Mm -hmm. I said, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. We're here to minister to your child. If your child needs attention, you can take him. That's why you had your kid. This is your older child's time to have his relationship with God. Not to be your babysitter while you enjoy your, oh sister, I'm very. And if parents, and if parents, if parents, you know, if parents come 
and they have or they're unhappy about something or they didn't like you know my rule and I have my rules set out in registration because sometimes registrants are like oh, well I need to have no I have a list these are the do's these are the don'ts and if a parent is like you know and I would tell them if you have a complaint give me your name your phone number who's your pastor and right after church I would meet with them to let them sister I did it for 15 years and we had kids that when they knew that they would come back every year they knew my rules and the parents already knew my rules so anyway be consistent with you. <laughs> okay Finish my meal now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. We kept you talking. Huh? I got your recorder. Oh, brother, brother, <laughs> brother Mo. That's your. 